2: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google-reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors, drive with peace of mind. 041 983 1100.
3: You're very welcome to Friday Afternoons, late lunch on LMFM Radio On This afternoon's show, the Dublin City Marathon, it's Sunday. I'm going to be there at the start and the finish line to follow our runners from Team Carry, and we're hearing from them just ahead of the big day. Women with opinions this afternoon are Kira Ke- Burke, Carmel McCarthy and Karen Devine with us after two o'clock. Lots to chat about there. Everything except the presidency, I can assure you. I'm sure you're relieved to hear that. And we're going to be talking in a moment about Sunday's Point to Point at Dowd Hall, Just want to mention something. I was in Navin last evening in Copper and Spices Restaurant. Now, this has been years in the planning, but eventually I got there last evening, met Carmel Corrigan, In her baileywick, in her beautiful restaurant. And I have to say, Carmel, oh, what an evening we had. Absolutely beautiful. It was just first class and well worth the wait. And I can assure you it won't be as long again until I'm back. Thanks indeed, Carmel. Now, let's talk about Dowd point to point. It's happening at Dowd Hall on Sunday. Racing, yes, but there's a lot more to it because food Gastronomy is a big part of it again this year And I'm joined on the show today by Owen Gilchrist He's Executive Head Chef at Tankard's House. He'll be there Sunday And by a man you've met before on Late Lunch Hugh Maguire, award-winning craft butcher Who's wallowing in his success from the recent Blossner Heron Awards Gentlemen, you're both very welcome to the show Thank you very much for thank joining you me you. Hugh, if I could start with yourself Again, Cogorgigus, well done to you. you
4: Tell us what, what, what you've picked up this time round yeah, we got uh, we got we won an award at Blairstown Heron for our black pudding and our spinach and cheese sausage, and our sweet cured dry sweet cured bacon streaky rash. So a treble for you, a treble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. It was great. Following on from last year's ultimate, which was the Great Taste Champion in London mm. for our smoked black pudding.
3: Yeah, the black pudding. I'm l- let you into a little secret. My daughter Sarah said to me, "I see Hughes coming into you today, Dad." Wonder an a bit of that black pudding knocking about. It just shows you. I got, I bought. Remember, I called into you right, a, yes. a couple of months ago, and yep. we got, to, and I gave it round to people just to to have a taste. Oh,
4: you? It. Yeah. Well, it's a very traditional product, and it's very, very popular in Ireland. Black pudding, mm. but it's uh, unfortunately there are very few butchers making it now. There are s- spread around the, the countryside still. Thankfully, a few butchers making it, but the. The tradition of making a black pudding with fresh pig's blood is very, very scarce. And that is the key, in my opinion, to make a very, very good traditional craft artisan black pudding.
3: You must have that. It is it is the key. That is it. That's simple and That is lame. it. That is it. That's the artisan
4: black pudding. So you're telling me some puddings don't have that. No, you don't have it fresh. Is that what you're saying? No, they use uh, him, uh, him, it's dry powder blood. Okay. Hemoglobin powder. Right. Which uh, is... You know, it goes against the grain when it comes to an artisan product. Mm. Like if you go into France and Spain, right across Central Europe, it's made from the fresh blood. Yes, and it's 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 gone on for centuries, Mm. for centuries. That the pig was fed during the summer, slaughtered in November. The bacon was cured. Sausage sausages were made, and it depends on what area and what part of the world you were from. And the puddings were made on the day, Mm. and that's been going on since. For the last, over time immemorial exactly. and you're yeah. doing the very same now there's a lot more to black pudding than just the pig's blood and I know you won't reveal you know
3: the way you butchers are with your recipes yeah well it's, it's what's, no the, great what's secret. the basic
4: ingredients first of all is the, is the, is yes. the blood and then what we, we would call porridge which is pinhead oatmeal and, and mm. flake meal and onions and then you have black and white pepper and That's yeah. simple as that and salt yeah come no, to we, we don't use preservative or anything like just the salt
1: okay
3: come to white pudding because Errol louise is a big fan of the white yeah. she's not you know the way people have their preferences,
4: white black pudding how different is the making of white pudding totally different really because there's no blood in it number one that's the most important but a, a traditional butchers pudding was made from a lot of offal mm. but it's it has changed a lot recently and it's a lot of the old butchers and the old famous names are gone now and they were making they were they were very very good white puddings our white pudding we make we put a uh, belly pork into it and it's it's just cooked you add your onion, you add your spices to it, and you cook it off. Mm. It's more or less like a it's like a patty when it's cooked. It's a soft, smooth, so it's nice to spread on your toast or whatever. Mm. Every butcher has a different way of making it, yeah, you know, of and, course, and that's what makes it fascinating, exactly. And yeah. that and that is the spice of life. Yeah, people uh, will travel for that. Yeah, of course. Now the, th- that was the pudding. Tell me again, sausages you want for what? Which were the sausages? Uh, spinach and cheese. Okay, which is uh, it's one of my my favourite sausages. It's, you can see the I pudding. can tell you, I can get the waft of it here yeah.
3: in the <laughs> studio, I'm only smelling yeah. it there as well. I no, know. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to fumigate the plate. No, I mean that in a
4: good way before you leave because the girls are coming in next. But it's a lovely, lovely. But it's strong, you isn't it? It is. It's strong. It's a good sausage. It's, it's just it's it's pork. It's pork belly minced, and you put your seasoning and you have your spinach and Parmigiano cheese. It's quite simple and garlic. It's a very simple sausage to make, and it's it's uh, put into a natural pig casing.
3: And we take into these sausages, you know the way every butcher shop had their breakfast sausage, and it's a pork sausage, and I know yes. you have as well, brilliant ones. Uh, the, is the Irish Palate turning to you know taste these and take them on board and they become part of the, the yeah the staples. it's changing
4: it's changed it's so much changed from the time I served my time here in Drawhada so many years ago with Michael Bourne and I worked for, and Jim Markey now there were sausages burned sausages in Drawhada were legendary weren't oh, they yeah. every time I come in Drawhada I think of my young days in West Street with Michael Bourne and I hope he's listening there and I hope he's keeping well <laughs> yes but it was a great shop it was a traditional butcher shop where you know the cattle were brought in on a Monday and they were slaughtered and brought up on a Tuesday and the, sa- the sausages were made. John Quinn, the famous sausage maker. Everyone knew John. Oh, you're
3: dropping the names <laughs> now. There's another man. Right. He wouldn't part with that recipe. Oh, no, never. He never did. No. It went with him. It went uh, into the grave. Into, the, into grave. the grave. He took that recipe with him. He wouldn't give it to anybody. Yeah. I know that. That is a fact. But they were legendary. So these sausages here, what was the third award for, tell me, uh, pudding sweet.
4: sausages? Dry cured, sweet. Uh, sweet, dry cured, sweet. Sweet dry cured streaky rusher. Okay. Which is bacon, belly pork, salted with brown sugar, mm. and then it's left there for about two weeks. and Then you hang it up, and you smoke it. Yeah. It's quite simple product. Okay,
3: make. so one, two, three, at Blossner Heron. Yeah. Let's talk to Owen Gilchrist. He's the man who takes produce like this and works his magic with it. You're sitting beside this man here today, Owen, listening to his passion and the awards he's picked up. How important is it to you and the people in Town to work with, you know, these are some ingredients we're talking about, but great ingredients, locally produced as well.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's great to have them on your doorstep. Um, I'm using uh, Violet Potato from um, a local supplier. Mar- Balla McKenney Farm. Yeah. yeah, Maria Flynn. Maria. Yeah, yes. so she's dropping them over to me today. Okay. So I'm going to, it's just a nice product to have. It's different. Mm. Um, it's great to have. I'm going to sous vide it. Uh, a bit of duck fat, thyme, yeah. a bit of butter. Yeah. Maybe for it, so um, yeah, it's great to have them. So,
3: so, so that potato, you see, Hughie's talking about the black pudding, and I'm looking at the running order for this uh, point to point in Dowd Hall, and you say you're going to be preparing scallops with
1: black pudding. That's right. Tell yeah. me that. What way do you combine that? How does that work? So, scallops, I'm going to uh, pan fry King Scallops. I got them from um, Boyne Valley Seafoods and Drawer here, and. Um, I'm going to serve them with a Jerusalem artichoke puree, which comes from Tanker Saint's Gardens. They're just ripe this time of year. So that's grown uh, on, uh, the, on the yeah, premises there. Organic. Again, Lovely. They're here. They're You've a big garden, have you there? Massive you? gardens and tunnels. Two tunnels there as well, so there's a lot of stuff. So you're getting the very best produce on your you're, doorstep. On your doorstep, yes. We just take a walk into the garden. We're getting our herbs, our vegetables. Can't beat that. Yeah, apples and pears are all ripe now, so we're making chutneys at the moment. So mm. We're going to... Preserve them for the...
3: Okay, so you saute, you're you telling me you get the scallops, you
1: pan-fry them, is that pan it? Pan-fry them, yeah. And I'm going to throw a small bit of butter oil. I'm going to finish them with walnuts and freshly chopped chives with the arcturized puree. And then the black pudding, which I'm going to use... Hughes? use. yeah. I'm going to break it down and um, with a small bit of jus. Yes. And then I'm going to cornel it, so it be only a small piece to go with it. Yeah. And then is obviously with the violet potatoes as well. That's there yeah. as well. And I'm going to use Dave Littlecrest's um, microherbs. Okay, he's an ashburn. So there's just just small little micro herbs. They pack a punch. Yes, they're really really nice. So
3: that combination of the the potatoes from Ballinmackeny Hughes pudding produced in County Meath here as well, and uh, the scallops sourced locally from uh, the seas out yeah. uh, beyond us here. That's a that's an, a nice combination. That's a classic dish, is it? You're it talking is a about classic
1: that? dish, but it just put a small twist to it for the Yes. Point, point Okay. So using local suppliers and it, yes. but it, 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 it I come up with a nice dish. I think. Yeah. Can't yeah. Wait now. No, you are fine dining in,
3: in uh, Taggart City, Town yeah. and renowned for it. How long are you there?
1: Five years and thank yourself. Oh my
3: god, so you're yeah. part of the furniture there part at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, when you, you're taking fine dining to a field in County Mead, yeah, how do you think that's going to work?
1: It's going to be interesting. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just I thinking that myself, you know yeah. what I mean? It's going to be a little bit different, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I just wanted to have, produce a dish that people could taste. Yes. Do you know, they come up and they can have a taste of it after. I'm going to do two portions. Um, we're doing a panna cotta, um, a coffee panna cotta, um, Oreoso in Ashburn mm. they have a shop in Girauda as well that's so right we're going to inf- uh, infuse that into the panna cotta do a chocolate nest on top of it um, yeah it's going to be nice brandy snaps and uh, fresh sauce and glaze oh my god mm. that's, that's very nice
3: Hugh, Hugh you're, you're, you're smiling broadly <laughs> there oh, yeah, that
1: tickles that tickles your fancy does
3: yeah.
4: it yeah, it's, it's amazing that you know the recipes you can use and work with with black pudding Patrick Gibo was using the, the smoked black pudding with uh, a saddle of rabbit which is boned bone saddle of rabbit stuffed with smoked black pudding mm. and it's going down very well with them mm.
3: so this black pudding seems to be very versatile in the way it can be incorporated into dishes yeah. as well and it's slightly smoked you see so it's yes it gives it that little, little punch little punch also yeah. so is that in on with you uh, at the, the point to point is well, that well, what you're Sam, doing
1: chris yeah that's my pastry chef now in Tackersen. so he's uh he's croatian and um, he's got gold medals for chocolate making He's got, um, he's, he's very, very talented. Yes. Now. So yeah. he's going to go, I'm going to do the scalp dish. He's going to do his panna cotta. So we'll both help each other. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah.
3: you can have a lovely main and a, a dessert or pudding, yeah. as you like That's to call it. it. So with it's only a With start, it there on so Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. this your first year involved with uh, the Point the Point? It is, point? actually, yeah. Yeah, it is. So I'm looking it's, forward to it. Yeah.
1: That's, hopefully I'll do it from you
3: What about working in a place like Tankardstown and fine dining in
1: a kitchen like that? Is that big pressure? There is. I wouldn't say big pressure now, but it's it's the whole trick to to doing it would be having the right team. So I've Johnny, um, the head chef in Brabazon, um he's just amazing, amazing chef. And uh, he's, he's, uh may I say he's here with you today, but yeah, he's he not joining the as conversation.
3: As You're as very as welcome. As well. He's sitting in the viewing gallery here. <laughs> yeah,
1: so you have himself, yourself, who yeah. else? Um I've got four chefs in Brabazon. Um and I've got four chefs upstairs in the function kitchens for weddings. So but it down to it all it's it's all teamwork at the end of the day mm-hmm. even down to the gardeners to the girls in the office reception it's a fantastic place big operation big operation it is yeah. and it, it is.
3: all comes together and yeah. uh, business is good at the minute you're it's turning well, yeah. around We've plenty wedding
1: fair coming up now in um, November so it's uh, 27 November yes. so if anybody's interested in having a look at Tanker Sound for weddings. It's that's the thing. time to give it a shout. Yeah, want
3: to head to our first break of the afternoon. Will you stay there for a moment because Hugh has the most beautiful steak <laughs> sitting here on the table beside him. Now it's not cooked but that's what we're going to talk about in the moment. Uh, about steak and all about it and how to cook it. Stay with us on late lunch. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs> the butcher and the chef are with me on late lunch this afternoon. I'm sure we're in food mode this Friday. If you want to get in touch with us 086 1800 658 by text or WhatsApp or you can Call in on eighteen fifty seven one five nine five eight. Hugh, a comment. You may be able to help me with this one because I don't remember. A listener says the best sausage meat ever was Walls Butchers at the old bus depot. Uh, it's never been beaten since. Do you do you
4: do you remember that place? Is that Tralee? I think it, it could be, it could be Walz, it was in the Bullring. Yeah. I, I remember it as a child. The old bus depot was there. Yes, yes.
3: So you think it was Bullring, Drahada. Yeah, you might come back to us, Texter, and just confirm, is that Drahada where you're talking about? Wals butchers, yes. they, the, they love the meat from there. Now, let's get on to steak. You have steak here beside you. Yeah. The word, the word, man, is dry aids. Is that is that it now with, with these cuts? Yeah,
4: it's in my opinion, it's the ultimate steak.
3: What what are you talking about dry aged? Okay. What's the
4: difference? The difference is most steaks now are called you could the term we use is wet aged, which is vacuum packed. So it's allowed to mature in the bag. Dry aged is maturing the old way. It's hanging up in a in a temperature controlled environment. That is the temperature is controlled and the humidity is controlled. What we have in our shop is we have salt Himalayan salt blocks and we have humidity humidified control area but that's only part of the part of the scene the most important element is the the beef, the quality of the beef that's where you start with and it has to be a beef animal at the moment we in the last couple of years since the milk of has been done away with there's a lot of cow, cow's milk production and the offspring from that is going into the beef market as well in my opinion, it's not what I would call grade A beef. That okay, so you're butcher. saying that, well, Frisians are a milk cow, for example, Holsteins. Right? Holsteins, Holsteins, okay, Holsteins, Holsteins, okay.
3: Yeah. The, you're saying the calves from these that may yeah. have gone the milk route in the past That's is right. going into the beef
4: line. That's right. Which animal do you prefer for beef? It ha- to, In my opinion, it has to be a traditional beef breed. With, like? Hereford, Angus Cross, Shorthorn. Okay. with the traditional beef animals. And is
3: that what you work with?
4: We work with a beef out of suckler herds, okay, out of, which are purposely bred for beef. Okay, and that's what you start off when you're dry aging, and it has to have a fat cover. We cannot dry age beef without fat cover because there's no protection of the beef, and it dries out. So the animal goes and is slaughtered, and the the beef comes to you. How long do you dry age that for? Well, you can. There's various various opinions on that. We would we would from 28 days to 35 days is we reckon it's perfect. Uh-huh. The process is if you when you mature beef the, the conventional way the normal way that we we've been doing it for the last good 50 60 years beef after 15 20 days has reached its max mm. and after that it starts to decay really in its own with the bacteria start setting in whereas with dry aging beef The enzymes only start to work after a couple of weeks and it breaks down the muscle and the full flavour of the meat comes through and the good bacteria starts working then to break down and protect it.
3: So what's the ideal time t- for me to buy a, you have a strip line steak there which is a day and you can yeah. see that it's dry aged it's dark on the outside that's nice right. and red towards the center and a nice uh, covering of fat on it as well yeah. how old is that steak that's 25 days and is that its limit is it is it on its limit oh, no, now? no no
4: no there's people will keep well, there there are people right across the world from 100 days up to 200 days oh my god yeah. yes as it, right. it depends on the restaurant there's some <laughs> steakhouses in the states yeah they keep it for Couple of I know. Days,
3: you know. So you start. When do you start putting that out on your trays in the shop? At what age? Thirty-five days or before that? Twenty-eight days. Twenty-eight
4: days. So yeah. you start yeah. there. Well, we, we don't. We only put it. We only display three steaks. Yeah. But we have it hanging. We have a dry edge fridge in the shop, so we take okay. it off the hook. Okay. And we slice and and it. And that
3: continues on there beyond twenty-eight, thirty-five. You leave it there and use away at it. Is that it? We do. It. And the cooking of that is. Now hold on about the cooking in a minute. I'm going to okay. jump to him for the cooking. Yeah. Owen is waiting there to jump in. here. I want to ask you something else before yes. you do. Um. Do you ever then put that into packaging to seal
4: it? No, no, that, not, not into that, no never, no, no That right is it. never packaged. No, no, that is that's the way beef was done. Okay, years and years ago. hanging up without any environment. You know
3: really. supermarkets today it's all sealed in these yeah. airtight things and that. Yeah. are you saying to me it's not doing the meat any good?
4: It's a different way. Okay, it's that's the wet, it's a, it's the wet wet maturing. It's the wet, yeah, wet maturing. And it only will mature... It, you don't get the real meat flavour okay, so that that's, you get from the dry This apron. is the key. This is the key. This is
3: the real McCoy in terms this, of flavour. Yeah, this is that the, ultimate, this the ultimate in a steak. Let Owen Gilchrist come in there. You're listening to what this man, expert in butchering and beef, is saying. Do you concur with what he
1: says? Absolutely, yeah. 28 days, you'd never serve anything that's before that yes so 28 days being the mark on it yeah <clears throat> again when it comes in you are looking for that dry aged darkness on the outside and the fat content going through the meat yeah so when you do cook it it is you get the, the beefy flavour going and through and you it. love this dry cure absolutely Matthew. love it yeah Absolute. absolutely yeah. yeah. now tell
3: me you're the, the man who prepares this fine food for us all he has a strip line he has a lovely strip line there beside him onto the pan it, tell me what I do
1: Yeah, onto the pan. Again, what he's done, it's gone to room temperature, which is the best thing. Taking it straight from the fridge and putting it onto a pan can, you know, mess with the temperatures. So what you do is you take it out, you leave it, bring it up to room temperature, get your pan really nice and hot, a light bit of oil on it, and then straight onto the pan. Just tiny. Or or would you, I know some people, tell me this, you're the expert, what do I know?
3: Would you rub a little oil maybe on the steak itself and then put it on a dry hot pan? How would that work? Either or. Either You
1: you could. Normally I'd season sake after you could. Yes. Okay. So
3: So don't season beforehand. No. No. Okay. If I want that done rare, how many minutes on each side?
1: Uh, Again, on your pan, you know, you could be looking three, four minutes on each side. On each side? You'll know by the colour of it. Okay. So normally what you do is you only seal it on a pan and you finish it in an oven yeah do you know so okay, you can add now with his sake there I wouldn't add rosemary or garlic or anything to no it no need no need but like do you know on a, a different of sake you could throw a bulb of garlic some okay. rosemary three to four minutes on each side on a high heat pan high heat pan yeah and an that is pan. rare done then yeah. at that stage there's a trick actually with your finger if you use your index finger and your thumb so if you touch it you feel rare with your first yes. medium rare Yes, medium well, and
5: yes, I see that
3: that little ball in the inside of your thumb there. As you move your thumb from the little finger across, that's so on the little finger, it's what that's well done, well done. Yeah, the second finger is
1: medium medium well, and the third one, that's yeah, yeah, so rare. Yeah. Rare being the first in your case. Okay. Index,
3: yeah. Rare is th- rare is the first. So, tongue yeah. to the first finger so when is it's rare. Soft, medium rare. rare yeah. yeah, I
1: see. I see. So that's a, That's a great it, tip. It is a good tip. Yeah, mm.
2: and
3: it works. So that's the same for that's a strip line there. A fillet steak the same. Fillet's the same. T-bone. Yeah. Ribeye. Ribeye. rib-eye one of my all favorites. of them as well. It. What's your favorite steak here? Which steak? Come on. What rib- does rib- the butcher rib- love to
4: rib- eat? Ribeye steak. There we go. We're is it? two you said the same. Two ribeye men here. Yeah, I like to cook it on the a good heavy pan. Yeah, but I I'd be very much a traditionalist. I would use uh, a little bit. I grease the pan with a little beef suet. Yes, to get the get the flavour of the beef oh, straight right. away, and then put on the steak. I would if I wanted to. <laughs> <if> I,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why I'm laughing? Sorry, I I, I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at a <laughs> message I to come in. I'll finish. Not. What
4: you, no, I'll read the message if in a minute. My, like if you if you want to, if somebody wants a steak medium rare, yeah. you you nearly want to cook it rare because. When you take it off the pan, it it increases four or five degrees. Yes, after it's cooked, when it's, it cooks, when it's let, yeah. it rest, yeah. Yeah. let it rest. So let it rest yeah. there yeah. as let well. It
1: rest, yeah,
3: very important. Um, yes, yeah, spot on, Jerry. Across the road from Reynolds Toy Shop and next door to Lockern Shop Loughran's, on the Bull Ring yes. was that shop they mentioned there about the best. Uh, uh, sausage meat ever, right? Where did they say that was? Um, Wall's Butchers in yeah, Drogheda. They
4: were, they were from uh, Bellyerson originally. Were they? Yeah. Were they? Uh, also
3: another message. There's only one way to cook steak, Jerry, on the pan, on an open fire, on Lytle's Island. And do you know where Lytle's <laughs> Island is? It's in Lock Arrow. Okay. And that comes in from Jerry and Rosalie, I know this afternoon, good friends of mine, <laughs> who are living over there. And we fish Lock Arrow every year. And Ken, Ken's my chef. Ken, Ken, I fish with Ken. But I'm going to have to give him that test with the thumb on his fingers because his is (laughs) always... uh, Which finger is for when it's well done? So your your first finger. Yeah, Yeah. so Ken always touches the first finger. She's well done. Whereas I like her down the fingers a bit, a little softer and and juicier as well. Boys, have to leave it there. We're going to news headlines at 2. Just to remind everybody, Sunday, you will be there. Giving advice about steaks. Own will be there doing the cooking as well. Half half past one uh, at the point to point in Dowd Hall. Thank you very much for joining me on the show today. Thanks a million.
1: Thank you.
2: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors Drahada, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstomotors.ie.
3: Late Lunch LMFM Radio this Friday afternoon. You need these numbers for the next while. Take note of them. If you want to text us or join in the WhatsApp conversation, that's free, 086-1800-658. Or if you'd like to call in and comment, it's 1850-715-958. The reason I say that, it's fasten your seatbelts time, because it is Women With Opinions on Late Lunch for the next hour on the final Friday of every month. And today, I'm joined by Carmel McCarty from EMS and Associates. Making her debut on Women with Opinions is Karen Devine from White Light Consulting and Kira Burke from Sage and Stone. somewhere out there, but she's on her way. She's told me, girl, she's on her way. We won't panic. And we are on Facebook Live if you want to give a wave there to us or join us and see what's happening here in studio. Helena Mullins is with us doing the necessary here this afternoon. Now, let's begin. I suppose this one has been debated for the last few days. No more man-sized tissues. It's not politically correct anymore to call them man-sized Karen in at the deep end straight away. What do you make of this?
6: Oh Jerry, it's just political correctness gone mad for goodness sake they're large sized tissues They come from a, a a time I suppose really if you think back 30, 40, 50 years ago, men used to walk around with hankies in their pocket dirty, blah, blah, yuck, hankies. You know, and so I suppose the man-sized tissue was brought in at that time to really encourage men to get rid of the old material hankies and use tissues. So, you know what, I've no issue with them being called man-sized tissues, and I think it's ridiculous that they're being abolished.
3: Camel, what what, Camel, what are we going to do? What are we going to call them, and what are they going to be called from now on?
7: Oh, what, person-sized tissues? I mean, please. <laughs> I just, I thought, you know what, talk about paper never refusing ink, and people having very little to do. I agree with Karen, like, I remember years ago as a child seeing these fellas taking out handkerchiefs and you're going, oh my god you could actually, you know bring that into a lab and you can imagine the amount of bacteria that would be sitting in it. But uh, and and they were big, they were bigger than your ordinary little box of tissues, even that's around now, the ones that are very handy to take and like women throw them into the bag and that. So yeah, I mean, so what if they're called man-sized tissues? I just think we have we've got to go back to the drawing board when it comes to common sense.
3: Yes, and I think I'd say here, here to that Absolutely. one as well. Now, tied in with that, uh, Karen Knightley, and I know Karen, I, I saw you. You're, you've expressed strong opinions on this across social media. Kira Knightley and fairy stories. Just give us the background. Tell our listeners what this is about in case they don't know.
6: Absolutely. So the actress Kira Knightley has a lovely little daughter. And very recently uh, she came out and she explained that in how she's raising her daughter, she's not going to fill her head full of fairy stories. Um, And she's going to be careful about which cartoons and movies her little girl watches. And she took quite a hit on social media because people were kind of saying, oh, that's just ridiculous. Um, You know, that stories are stories are stories. But I genuinely think that these things matter. I think that what we tell children when they're very young is part of how they grow up. It's part of their formation. And this really came home to me. I was watching... um, Channel 4 program mm-hmm. The Secret Life of 5-year-olds which I always find absolutely hilarious especially as somebody who doesn't have children you know watching other people's children is very entertaining but there was an episode there at one point where the uh, the kids were having a race out in the garden and it was the girls against the boys and they were divided into two teams. They had to pick a leader and the only uh, rule in the race was the little uh, beanbag that they had on their head when they were running up and down the garden, they couldn't hold it. So the little girls all get together in their huddle and they decide exactly how they're going to do it. And when they go ready, steady, go, the little girls run as fast as they can, but as carefully as they can so as the, the bean bag didn't fall The boys, the five-year-old boys, put their hand firmly on their head and ran like hell. And of course, they won. So they're dancing around and they're calling the girls losers. And the girls got back into their huddle and the leader gave them a pep talk. And one of the girls was angry that the boys had cheated. Two of the girls were crying that they had lost. And the leader explained, now we did very well. We tried our best, but we just weren't good enough. And we have to try harder next time. And I thought to myself in that minute, my God, at five years of age, that element of conditioning, you know, that as girls were supposed to be good and supposed to look after other people and follow the rules and as boys were supposed to push the barriers all the time just to win and I thought to myself that really it was really profound to me to see it at that age and, and do so you I think
3: Kira Knightley is right in what she's saying that in some of these older fairy stories that that uh, bias is yeah, there
6: I think we're waiting for very often as as little girls we're raised with stories that tell us that a prince is going to come along and rescue us and that you know then we live happily ever after and nobody ever
7: talks about what that happily <laughs> ever after is I'm just wrong I'm still waiting for the prince <laughs> <laughs> And you, you know mi- what? You mean it's <laughs> not going to come along? And he never mentioned the You're fact that. You're not
3: looking that across this <laughs> desk today. Oh, well, no. you are! Come on. You are come a nice and shiny
7: armchair now.
3: To be fair. I, I jest. I jest.
7: But uh, yeah, I I see where the conditioning starts from a very young age. And but I think from Kira's point of view, I I respect what she's doing. But. You know, put yourself in a situation where you've got a mother, maybe a working mother, kind of racing in from work, picking up kids from a crash, and that, and saying, "Listen, guys, while I get the dinner ready, get in there and watch a bit of TV." Mm. And there could be the, the the fairy stories or whatever, or the make-believes, or uh, and you know that's the way it is. And perhaps we should condition them a little bit more to try and decipher through the crap Mm. I think that's more important rather than saying now this is all you can do because then we're doing a little bit of helicopter parenting and that will go right into adulthood give them the resources to decide for themselves
3: Kira Burke good to see you what about this Kira Knightley you know the
7: story I I absolutely love Cinderella
8: I have to say I went through all Cinderella Beauty and the Beast I had the whole box set like of um, you know girl meets boy boy fo- girl falls in love prince comes along I mean that's what it was all about for my childhood and and indeed for my four girls they're all waiting for um, their prince charming to come along mm-hmm. it's so funny they all and it is conditioned but it's just the way I just I mean I never even thought about it I mean I wasn't very one of these mothers who was like oh no no she, you know I'm feminist and I'm not going to be you know conditioning my children but um, it's amazing how all girls are looking for the white wedding, the say yes to the dress, the whole shebang, they all want it. Uh, it's amazing. But is that nurture versus nature? Is it, is it a bit of both? Is it, you know, like... All they talk about is—I mean, they haven't found a man yet—but all they talk about is, "Oh yeah, now, th- I've decided now that's my wedding dress. I have the frill. <laughs> I'm going to go for the lace bodice." Blah blah. Like they have the whole day mapped out, and it's incidental actually whether there's a man. Sure, in today's
3: or not. world, they might need a man. You know, <laughs> yeah,
6: very well, that's
8: yeah. you know, that like that it. Is, he, you know?
6: He only gets invited
7: to the wedding. Yeah, space. <laughs> you know, when yeah. I
6: worked in the hotel business, we had a, a lady at one point who had a date booked for the wedding, and in the intervening period, there was three different grooms came in as part of the sh- as part of the planning for the wedding in the in the three years to the date that she had booked there were three different fiancés in the course of that time and she did God, eventually marry yeah. one it of them it just shows
7: you
3: I think Carmel makes the best point there I think like I understand and mm-hmm. I understand that people uh, that, that there needs to be a change a sea change in this but,
8: but there it, has been a sea change mm. I mean look at like Frozen Frozen was the most amazing uh, film probably Fantastic. The best. and like it was very kind of you know um, you know um Strong female characters, uh, you know, uh, leading the way, you know. And I think that that's the way it's going.
6: Moana is the same, Pocahontas, you know, like they have kind of moved with the times. They've made an
8: effort.
3: It's but the older yeah, I think ones. It's
6: important also to try and make sure that in the way we raise kids, we talk about, you know, the strengths of both uh, genders as well, that in actual fact we're equal in very many ways and we're different in many ways that makes both genders strong and and weak, you know, and I think it's that element of if we can be more balanced in the conversations that we have, um, you know, I mean, I would honestly say that the stories that I grew up with did colour my view of what what my role was when I grew up, you know. Yes. That I was waiting for that knight in shining armour and I'm, one, I'm lucky I have a wonderful husband and you he found is him. the knight in shining armour. Yes. But it doesn't mean that he brings out the bins without being asked.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I understand.
8: You
6: know what, Jerry? I feel that
8: in this day and age, there's a huge cohort of young people, whether they be male or female, who just want to be famous and rich. They don't know what, how they're going to get there they don't know whether they want to be um, a singer a dancer an actor or is it are they going to be the best nurse in the world to be rich like they just want to be rich and famous and they have no you know what well, what are you going to do to enable this mm. you know because they're watching the kardashians they're watching um you know these people on What's that TV? Love Island. You know, Love Island. And they all seem to just hang around, drink and, and, and mm. you know, kiss each other and stuff. And then suddenly they're on, you know, TV night, noon and morning and they're getting paid to be. Like, what is that all about? Mm. That, I think there's a the whole sea change of where children think that that is. And it, sorry, it is a way of life for a lot of people, but it's only a percentage. But the normal jobs are just so unfashionable. Yeah, mm. absolutely.
3: Let's head to our first break with women with opinions. If you want to join in, we have lots more to get into. What constitutes being unfaithful? Unfaithful. What about the clocks going back? Your Halloween memories all to come this afternoon with Kira Carmel. And Karen on Late Lunch. Women with opinions this Friday afternoon. And you hear them in the background there. They're having their opinions, whether they're on or off air. Kira Burke, Carmel McCarthy and Karen Devine are with me this afternoon. So, let me do a little straw poll here. Anybody here watch Strictly Come Dancing? No. no. I'm the only hand up in the air. Yeah, you are, Nobody yeah. else watches it. Now, you, there's you, equality for you. Do you know <laughs> that's yeah. my feminine side. <laughs> do you know, you have heard of the story of, you know, each year in Strictly there's generally... Uh, in a, an illicit liaison between a dancer gossip, yes, and, and the celebrity as well. And this year, Sean Walsh, with two Ns, and Katia Jones, who's married to another dancer, and Sean had a girlfriend, were photographed out in London canoodling. Okay? So, this went viral everywhere, and the upshot was... Uh, They had to come on after the the night's dancing. They went through to the next week and apologised publicly on BBC with Zoe Ball on Strictly 2 and say they were sorry. Sean's girlfriend is gone. She said, no way, Jose. Apparently she
6: took the cash as
3: well. I think so. I think, Ah, oh, you see,
6: you see, Karen. Now, <laughs> no, she, I have to say, I had to ask around the office okay, this morning because okay. I didn't know so there are fans. Yeah.
3: Anyway, she went and um, the other pair who are married, Katia and her husband, made up and you know, were contrite. So the question today is, you know, what constitutes being unfaithful Kira Burke? Does canoodling out in London with your dance partner, well, it's obviously a no-no for Sean's girlfriend, that's for sure. The other two have made up and said it's okay.
8: Look, there's been that many um, people in the public and in private life who have had affairs and whatever. But, I mean, if I was tangoing with someone who was gorgeous on a daily basis, I'd probably have an affair. Do you know what I mean? Like if if you're if if you're spending 8 hours a day and you get to, and you're, there's actually a bit of chemistry. there's a bit of chemistry and whatever Well, there sure is. Like if you're tangoing or salsaing, I mean, Jesus, I mean I'm sorry, but who's to say any of us wouldn't succumb to So
3: you think it, it, it leaves people vulnerable or open to this? But your
8: dancing in itself, is the whole reason for it is to attract somebody else, isn't okay.
3: it? Okay, so you understand it?
8: I do understand it. You understand it, it happening? don't think it. I'd forgive it. It okay. would depend on how rich he was. Yeah. Um, I... <laughs> It it really just depends on the scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look yeah. at Colleen and Wayne Rooney. I mean, she'd be needed to leave him <laughs> like well, she, well, until he finishes his career, and then takes him.
3: And she had many reasons. But look at yeah. can Can I just put you on the spot before I move to the other girls? Is what's no no? Like is a a drunken once off kiss on a night out with somebody that happens impromptu? Is that a, a reason to end a relationship? Is that
8: look. I think that if there is something, if it's a one-off, it's it's going to happen. If it's going to happen again, like if you if you give once, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna they're going to do it again. Mm. So it had, had, the trust issue is gone.
3: What about you know a lot of texting going on between people? Oh I no, know,
8: I don't like, like that. Them. You're emotionally gone then.
3: So if you're texting, when somebody-
8: texting somebody, I'm emotionally not with you. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I'm texting a lad and we're having great fun and, you know, flirty tasks, blah, blah, blah. Even though nothing happens yeah, sorry, physically. Mentally, you're there. That's
3: out for you as out well. Out for me. That would be a deal breaker. Absolutely. So texting.
8: Unless you're saying, you know, did, did you get that email? You know, <laughs> like, unless it's that type of texting. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying, you know, oh, you look great tonight. You look, you know, fantastic in that. Whatever. But, Hello? No, that's you gone already. Out not, the door. Yes. It's,
3: it's zero tolerance. Well I just you.
8: don't think that you're I think you're like you're mentally not with your partner if you're texting somebody else. Carmel um, Carmel. Yeah, I'm
7: li- I'm listening with interest to what Kira's saying and I would agree with her. I think the emotional infidelity to me would be worse than the physical infidelity. Now work that one out. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. Because somebody could be very stupid you know, once in their lives, and okay, there may be for- a forgiveness there. Like canoodling, I, I, uh, it depends on how much canoodling was going on. But like that, you could get swept away with someone's bank balance and their good looks. It could be quite uh, easily done. But I do think, yeah, I do think that that it would be the um, the emotional bit and to feel that, you know, someone was... Gone behind my back and having this emotional connection with someone as opposed to doing something stupid on a once-off. Now, mind you, like, he'd never live it down if he did something stupid on a once-off. Would you I bring think, it up again? Oh, it should probably come up in a row. Of course yes. it would. I'm, I'm human, you yes. know. Um But you could
3: forgive a once-off drunken,
7: you, y- you know, tryst could. with
3: somebody, you could you?
7: you? I could. Uh, I probably could. <laughs> hope he's not <laughs> listening in. He says he's at a meeting. <laughs>
8: oh God! I'm really in agreement with. Nile, I hope
3: you're there. at a meeting, Nile. Yeah, i you
8: sooner yeah. forgive someone for a snog or yeah. um, even, you know, more than that. If it was like, a, you know, someone that they met in a drunken night, that means really nothing. It's just physical. It's the emotion. The texting is worse, actually. Mm. Yeah. For a woman, it is.
3: Okay, Karen Devine, is it possible uh, if you're married and with somebody or you're in a long term relationship Mm -hmm. to have a platonic relationship, a woman with another man or a man with another woman? Do you know what I mean? To have a very good friend of the opposite sex that's platonic, that you could be close to, you message regularly.
6: Is that possible? I I genuinely believe so. And I suppose, you know, um, I would have an awful lot of good friends that I would have made over the years through my involvement in different aspects of community and different things like that, where you work together collectively on a shared project and you're working towards a big goal. And you do spend a lot of time hanging out together, whether that be during working hours or outside of working hours. Mm. Um, You know, and I, I think there is, I think as we... Develop as a society, it's important for us to actually have platonic friendships with people because you learn so much from each other. And those relationships, um, while I wouldn't say necessarily that they're emotional relationships, I would definitely say that I have a great deal of love and affection for people. of
2: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. of both yes, genders, yes. you know, as And
3: as I know you manager. in your work and and and, mm-hmm. and, and how you work and yeah. everything like that. But come back to this particular issue yeah. which you were briefed about in your office yes. very good today. <laughs> thank you. About uh, strictly come dancing. Is you know that snog in London that they had they were caught on camera and you know, it went public and that. It's obviously not a deal breaker in her marriage at the moment. But yeah, it was no, on I, the other side.
6: I I suppose the way I look at it is I don't think... Okay, look, let me answer this with my PR hat on. I don't think that those things happen accidentally. I mean, you have to be incredibly stupid mm. to think that you can be anywhere these days without being filmed. You know, especially if you're somebody who's in the public eye, on television, in the public limelight. You know, so was that a PR stunt? Has it all been staged? by, you know, by the publicity team, different things like that. We're all talking about it. A programme that none of the three of us watch, we're talking about it. It's you know, on tomorrow it's night, Starter. BBC, right around about
3: year. half past seven, um, so you've no excuses.
6: <laughs> <laughs> it's a compulsory Catch up. It is
3: when it gets in and you. Like, it's bloody well hooked me. But this thing again, just on this, you know, um, I get from the three of you now, this is interesting. I never expected this to materialise today. That in a way if something happened it's a stupid you know a stupid moment of that more so the emotional thing hmm. more so hmm. isn't that amazing do you go along like I've heard do you concord with Carmel and here on that
6: I probably do um But I would also say that I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. And maybe we come back to our fairy story where they all lived happily ever after. (laughs) When you marry somebody and you're married for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you both grow and change and develop and you go through different phases. And there can be times when you are more connected to each other. And less connected to each other because of the sheer busyness of life or pressures with family, children, parents, different things like that. And I think um, people can, those relationships um, can go through trying and challenging times. And sometimes if somebody comes along who smiles at you the right way and, you know, it, it can, it can... Just be more nuanced than that, and I think the emotional thing is definitely very, yeah. very true. Oh, we just
3: have a, a, an urgent message in from Niall, Carmel's husband to say he'll be home late tonight. <laughs> 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 so you can read into that what you okay, want. Yeah. I'm not sure whether <laughs> that's good, I bad, I have or indifferent. for you, Carmel. We, we <laughs> 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 oh God! We, now where
6: you
3: know, are you going
6: to find you know, a handsome boy? You know, just of just before
3: we go problem. to a break, just to, by extension, is it possible? To over an affair or infidelity is it possible to get back on track, Kira uh,
8: <clears throat> I'm not sure I think um if you're going to lose, say like say for instance, you have a family and children and whatever, and it's an affair and it's over, and you know I think it I think it is possible if both parties want their family more than they wanted that affair. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, Or if the person who had the affair wanted his family more and his his wife more than Mm. the affair. And now I think that there would always be a kind of back in your mind trust issue there. But there are certain times in different people's lives where, um, you know, wife might be tired you know children you know completely overwhelmed by everything and she's not as exciting as she used to be and you know and the guy still feels young and vibrant and you know all these young ones are coming up to him saying oh you're gorgeous and all the rest and you know that's very flattering and one thing might lead to another. Where
3: are those young ones? Yeah
8: uh, well and then I'm that wife who was overwhelmed and um but, you know, I think we all have gone through and then there's there's definitely periods in your life where you kind of you're up and down, feeling attractive, not attractive. And, you know, like and it's different for everybody. And then if you take two people and they're all at different stages and it's it's not it's not a cut and But it can be
3: over. It. And you think, but at times it's dependent on family circumstances.
8: Well, yeah, I mean, if
7: there's nothing there to kind of. Yeah. together yeah i mean i do feel it. a lot of work would have to be done to bring it back on track probably but both would have to be singing from the same hymn sheet and want to do it and probably they would need professional help like Mm. a couple family therapy whatever to try and bring it back you'd have to put a huge commitment into it and i think that that would need to be done you know in the interests of the bigger picture and i
6: think essentially in going in overcoming something like that you go back to basics you go back to what you fell in love with each other for in the first place making each other a laugh the fun things and and that's where that repair if, if something like that happens, that's the only place I can repair a start. A okay.
3: friend of mine not far from here says, make a woman laugh and she'll love you for life. There you are. And you talk about laughter there. Let's head to a break on Late Lunch. The girls are staying with us. If you want to join in the conversation, 086 1800 658 by text or WhatsApp, or you can call in now on 1850 uh, 715 958. Women with opinions on late lunch this Friday afternoon. We were talking about the man-sized tissues uh, first up today. Somebody says call them the Shamey and Christie-sized tissues. Oh, they'll be onto you about that. We have your we we're on your case here now about that. They'll be ribbing me about that on Monday. They give me enough ribbing on the show, so I'll get one back at them anyway. The Christie and Shamey-sized tissues. Um, Jerry, come on, get real. Could you blame Sean? Isn't Katya absolutely beautiful? There well, you go. There you go. There's an opinion coming into us to say it today on 086-1800-658 eighteen hundred six five eight. Let's move on. The non-custodial sentence you saw in the news during the week there, this man being led from court by his daughter in his 80s. He'd raped two children. I think he was a farm worker, worked on a farm way back. They came forward in their 60s now when they Mm -hmm. came forward. He had served five years, hadn't he, Karen, prior to this? He had
6: had previous crimes uh, against against young people um, and had spent five years in custody, uh, serving time for those. Um, But I think it was just, it was so horrific to hear the details of this case, um, to know that the children were within their own family environment, yes. that he was somebody who was trusted by their family to be yes. around them. Um, and he was so sinister in how he threatened them. Um, you he know, threatened
3: t- to kill the one, the, the girl, it wasn't girl and bury and her body. Bury her
6: bones Do and you, he
3: got an eight year suspended sentence. Should mm. he have done more time? This is the question.
6: I have to say, I thought long and hard about this because, and I have a great deal of respect for Justice Michael White, who was the presiding judge in this particular case. Um, And in his in his summary, um, Michael White said that um, the purpose of the court is not to exact revenge on the individual. It's to protect society into the future. And as I read about the medical details of this man, I mean, he is. Absolutely housebound. He uh is barely able to walk, he's on oxygen, he's he's in he's He's yeah. in the
3: final stages of his Correct. life really, you're saying. Correct. Yes. Um So you'd go along with it. Do you think I, it was okay?
6: No, I it's not necessarily that I think it's okay, but um I if I'm I could be completely callous about this and say I don't think it's worth the taxpayers' money. To actually put
8: impossible. him in prison, mm. I, I agree. I, I think prison would be uh, would be a lot more punishment for him to be out of prison. To be honest, because prison, you know, he is protected from society. Uh, outside prison, he would he he's probably getting a lot of abuse now from society. He's doing his his prison outside. He doesn't need to be in
7: prison. Okay, yeah. Like my initial reaction was, if you've done the crime, you do the time. But then when I read more into it, I felt yeah. Waste of taxpayers' money. Let him let him do his his purgatory here, or he's hell. Mm. You know, um, like it, it. when I read the, the the details of the case, you know, my stomach was churning as mm. I was reading it. Uh, I'm not sure locking the likes of him up is going to make any difference now. Like he he. He he has to be supervised at all times. The only thing is that's putting a huge onus on other people. Yes, you know to supervise well, and I, I think just,
6: he's estranged from his
7: own children yeah. as mm, well. You mm, know, mm. I mean, I I don't know that there's an awful lot of callers
6: to that house per se. Yes, but I would say that. The element of restorative justice is really important. You know, you look at the the brother and sister who came forward in their 60s. This must have been incredibly difficult, incredibly painful to go through all of those details, to go through the legal process. But that matters. Being able to have the truth of what happened to you aired. And, you know, when you think about it, like as, as children, we all we all rail against injustice she took that and that's not fair but actually as adults we're all the same we need to feel that sense of fair play and yes. that sense that somebody who has done wrong is called out and, and can't this, walk this guy around has with been. their head yeah. held high Wh- It's such a pity
8: though that they had to wa- that they wait waited this, until uh, so long
3: uh,
6: but even society
8: wasn't allowing people do this yes until of then. course, of yeah. course we it know was that. a shameful act it was a shame for them as well as for him you know you don't know how they felt all mm. these years.
3: Cameron, let me come back to you. The Girl on the Train is the name of a book, but what about the girl on the tram in Dublin this week who uh, got compensation of half a million euro? You know, you're familiar yeah. with the story? Yeah,
7: yeah, yeah. It was uh, Because she was, what do they call it? Skating? Trams- it tram, tram yeah, Or something like that. Yeah. Hanging on to the tram for, uh, for want of another term. Um, okay, she the, the the judge lauded her for uh, being so. So honest, but I'm sorry. The, 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 there's a bit of me saying, the legal people saw Viola transport as having big, deep pockets, mm. and they said, "Let's go for it." And they went for it, and they got the the money for her. Now she's after becoming a mother in the last two weeks, so I presume that helped her case and all the rest. That because she's been brain damage. Now we don't know what level Mm. of brain damage it was as a result of this and she needs to rear this child. I can just imagine the nuances of the case. Mm. Um, What message is it sending out to other 13-year-olds who can't behave themselves. It's basically, go and do what you want and then sue the pants-off people.
3: Mm. We do now, have to say, that obviously, the court accepted, and we want to clarify oh yes, this, that yeah. she is brain damaged and there's no doubt I, about that. I
7: agree with you, but like we haven't been privy to what level yes, of brain damage. I understand damage. that. But having said that, you know, it's... I'm sorry, it's the floodgates could open here and mm. that's what bothers me. It bothers me when I see, like... Uh, legal people, what appears to be them going after the companies with the deep pockets. Because if it was some other situation, if it was, uh, you know, Acme uh, decorating supplies down the road and they were hanging off the back of his van, well, sorry, Peral Acme doesn't have the money so there's no point in you going after OK, them, you think that's you know? a factor in it? I think yeah. she would give all that money back to go through it again and not to.
8: I think that the legal profession... Have because she's getting so much abuse now, and she will get abused for the rest of her life. And I think that that solicitor that took on her case is scum of the earth, in my opinion, well, and the I, 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 this is my, this d- is my well, is opinion. View, but
3: I have to say that that solicitor is a reputable man. He is a good business. He took it on in Don't good care. faith, and he prosecuted. it. We want to say that and make clear that that is the case. But I know
8: this is this is my problem. Yes, though. and it's my problem with the whole judicial system in this country is getting cases like this and payouts we pay out 10 times more than yeah. any case in well, the UK I don't for think disagree with you
3: there Karen that, that in general is the case but we just can't take a specific person and just uh, crucify them or whatever I, I understand but you know he's known and his name has been in the public domain and he took it on and I want to say that in good faith
6: Karen this is probably the single biggest issue that just makes me crazy. You look at it and you say where does personal responsibility come into this? Any 5-year-old knows that you do not go and hang on to a moving vehicle and just go for a spin, right? So that this the fact that this was allowed to happen, you know, of course, Viola didn't have, a, you know, some sort of a barrier on the outside of it to stop somebody from doing this. But you know what? There's basic common sense here. There's personal responsibility. And this just makes me crazy. And I look at it and I say, you know, when, they, when I read the, the amount first, I kind of thought, oh, my God, that judge has gone berserk. But in actual fact, all, the only role that the presiding judge had in this particular case was to approve the amount offered by the insurance company. Yes. So the insurance company put together that package that was offered and brought it to the court and said, we are proposing to pay this in settlement. Mm. Um, I just think it's, why would you start a business in this country? Why would you do anything that involves engaging with the public? Because you're leaving yourself wide open.
3: Thank you. Let's take a final break. They're staying with us. More to chat with Kira, Carmel and Karen on Late Lunch this Friday afternoon the clocks are going back this weekend just to remind you Kira Burke it could be the last time ever they go back because there is talk that next spring when they do leap forward remember fall back leap forward mm. don't get it wrong did you ever get it wrong did you ever get the clock wrong just before we talk about the principle of it going back or forward
8: didn't everyone like And you missed an hour of work and you go oh crap and then you're still on it <laughs> like are a new time or old time I remember my granny now is that you new time or is that 3 o'clock old time and I was going what are you talking about but um Yeah, I kind of think it's a bit ridiculous at this stage. It was for farmers and postman. And, yeah, we, we, we and school
3: going children as well, to give a bit more light in the mornings, you know what I mean, because you would think about it, the clock goes back, you get the light in the morning and you lose it on the other end evening time. But you know the proposal, the EU are saying that perhaps next spring, and it's before our uh, House of Parliament, or the Oireachtas here as they call it, um, to decide if they want to, the EU want this implemented. Mm. But here's the thing, if Brexit when Brexit happens, and there is a hard border. What, will happen in Brexit and it won't happen in England. So up won't the happen. road will be an hour different, so it'll be an hour difference between dundalk and yuri what about that
8: yes yes they can't do
3: that i'm telling you how how But you were greenwich mean time how but but listen it doesn't matter about greenwich mean time they are saying in the uk they're going to stay with the traditional system the eu wants it not to change the time what about that
7: well the thing is i we say if you go from portugal to spain you have yeah. the hour difference, mm. so think about it. It happened to us one time. We're going playing golf, and we got the times all wrong. <laughs> you know, what yeah. are you are here too early. What? <laughs> oh yeah, because we're going from Spain into Portugal. Yes, there is a change yeah, there. Yeah, so. We'd have to get used to it. But having said that, it would be a bit strange, you know, Mm. on such a small... Are you in favour
3: of the... Now, when it goes forward next spring to summertime, as it's called, it's staying like that for the year. In favour?
6: Yeah, I am. What
3: about yourself, Karen? Yes.
6: Absolutely. I have to say, I really struggle with the hour change. I just... My body clock gets thrown out. Okay, so uh,
3: when this Brexit happens, it's going to be interesting with the hour difference. Let's talk about Halloween today and yesterday. Do you love... what, what, What do you think about Halloween?
7: I suppose now I'm probably kind of a bit of a Grinch at this stage, okay. uh, Because I've been through children and now <laughs> grandchildren. Be some Grinch
3: now if you're not home, as you said on that <laughs> message. Go ahead, go on. <laughs> um,
7: like my kids were brought up in the the black sack era, you know, yes. so they they to make all sorts out of the black sack. Um, I just find now it's again we're getting more contrived and that, and you know, you're saying oh, what are you? Sure, I know, you're a witch, you know, but you have to play the game with the kids. Like, we didn't even have black sacks back in our day. I remember going out one time, uh, dressed up, and I'm the youngest of six, four brothers. They'd decided to dress me up. They'd put... One of them, an old pair of brownish trousers belonged to him, and a jacket. And then, wait for it, I ha- got a motorbike helmet put on my head, and then a transistor radio hung around my front. And I said, "What am I? You're an astronaut." <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll tell you, you're the type of girl they want on Strictly. There'll be no, there'll be no dilly dally, and oh, then if you are no dressed up dally like dally that there. for yeah, sure, yeah. And Karen. Halloween. Um, do you love the modern? Ha- you know, trick or treat is something that's of the modern era in Ireland.
6: Yeah, I have to say, I'm not mad about Halloween. I, I, You know, in general terms, I think there's an awful lot of bad behaviour associated with it, all bonfires and burning stuff and all that kind of thing. I loved, I did love it as a child and I mm. loved, um, we used to do a quick trick-or-treat around only with neighbours, not with anybody that you didn't know, but it was always them back to the kitchen for games and we did mm. apple bobbing mm. and, you know, all those kind of just silly, Dimple innocent thing. things and yes. I just loved that bit. I
8: really okay, did.
3: Okay, back to the future for Karen what about you
6: well I mean the,
8: um, I'd be having a bonfire and it'd be a great way of getting rid of all the, the <gasps> junk for the year but uh, legally but anyway um, going back to Halloween
7: environmentalists here that hold no, on
8: but, a minute no, hold on
3: a minute you have that place out beside you out there that does it right what do you call it Endeavour Endeavour yeah, yeah. send yeah. your stuff in there and they look after it don't be lighting them illegal fires out oh, I know
8: I'm having a party as well
3: or neck of the woods but <laughs> anyway
8: <laughs> uh, and just my kids my younger kids prefer Halloween than Christmas Really? Do, do they? They're at that. It's getting to that point in in society yeah. that for a lot of kids, not particularly mine, but for a lot of kids, they prefer Halloween to Christmas. Isn't that incredible?
3: Mm, it's and that's worrying.
8: Just a survey of especially boys what do and they like about it? just love the scariness and the dressing up and the bangers and the. The pizzazz—that's mm. what they love. Mm.
3: Wow. And did they go trick or treating, your crowd? Yeah, yeah. They well, mean,
8: the the older ones are kind of you know beyond that. Beyond that, but the the the, the well, the youngest one—I mean, she's been talking about her outfit. She went in, in her outfit today to school, and yes. she's been talking about it for a month or six weeks. Did you trick
3: or treat yourself when you were young? Yes, loved it. But, like
8: you were trick or treating to people who were like, huh? Yeah. you know like nobody really you got an apple or nuts or you know now you can't give nuts because someone has a Just saying we
3: used to go around singing at the doors we had to work for our apples and fruit you mm. might get an odd little penny or something yeah. like that or thruppence or something when we went but you're, here's
8: a funny one well not a funny one a very serious one uh, a friend of ours was at pharmaphobia last night you know and cosy and uh, with the school and one of the lads was brought to uh, A&E, anaphylactic shock from the nuts. Oh, my God. <gasps> he got a nut in, on the, you know, some, something with nuts in it. Like, there's yes. nuts everywhere. Yeah. And so, like, that's another part of, like, did anyone know anyone with a nut allergy in our
0: day? No.
3: Mm. No, no. Like, no. we just yeah. ate the nuts. And yeah, and it did. could have happened anywhere. You yeah. just happened to mention that it happened there, but you could pick up a nut content or something in yeah. something. Mm. Anyway, just, to, uh, God, yeah. that was a real fright. Mm. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Myself and Louise did pharmaphobia last week.
8: Yeah, we're going
3: next week. The two of us, we yeah. did it. So, we, yeah. And it you good. can hear all about it on late lunch next Wednesday. Yes, we brought the old recording gear with us. Was it what? You better wait. You'll have to join in next Wednesday to find yeah. out what it was really like. Just before we go, an airport... For Tubber in County Offaly, Karen Devine, what's going on? I thought we're going to have a third terminal in Dublin, second runway on the way. What's happening?
6: Well, I have to say, I thought this was a really interesting story. This group together locally in County Offaly have got together. They've spoken to Offaly County Council about it. They've got backing and support and they're looking to build an airport in the Midlands. And at first I kind of thought, oh, for goodness sake, we have an airport in Dublin, the motorway will take you there, you're near enough. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought it was really clever, because what they're looking to do is to bring tourists directly into the Midlands themselves. And the airport is, you know, if you can get Ryanair or other low-cost carriers to fly into your airport, you're injecting tourists directly into that area. That's, that is is foreign direct investment, actually, when you look at it that way. And I was thinking, it's really important for communities to be ambitious for themselves. If you sit around waiting for politicians or local authorities or somebody to do something for your region, you'll be waiting a long time. Yes. And I
7: loved their ambition. So you love it. You I love love it. it. Loved Carmel ambition.
3: christened this. Tell them you sent me the note. Carmel, it was Carmel, uh, yeah. brought this to her attention. I,
7: I just thought maybe there'd be a new airline called Biffoware. You know, (laughs) and in the seat pocket in front of you, you wouldn't have a sick bag, you'd have a brown envelope. (laughs) (laughs) But I won't go any further. uh out. Or you know, don't in, mention the war. In, in in the event of a sudden loss in cabin pressure, you wouldn't get uh, <laughs> the oxygen mask. You needn't worry because the taxpayer will bail you out anyway, oh. oh
3: my God, oh. this woman has really thought it out. See there I you know, go. I know. I do think it would I be know. a good idea. I All Joking aside, I-
7: but I have the 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 airport code. Um, uh, already created for it. Do you know the way the international code for Dublin yes. is dub? Well, this would be tub. <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs> Let's dub leave it tub. there for today. The Thank you all so much. I really enjoyed the last hour. To Kira Burke from Sage and Stone, Carmen McCarthy, EMS and Associates, and making our debut today. Thank you so much. Karen Devine from White Light Consulting. Thank you all indeed. Thank
7: you, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. The Late
2: Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie
3: Well, it's hard to believe that the light's almost gone this evening and we're just here, what, after six o'clock in Dunlear. Where have the weeks and months gone? It's days to go to the Dublin City Marathon and the crew are all raring to go. David Carey's here. Again, David, just reflecting on the year that's been and where you are now.
0: Hey, you're very welcome again uh, tonight, Jerry. coming down to our final night's training. We're just uh, literally a few days away from the Dublin Marathon. Really looking forward to it. Hard to believe how the weeks have flown by. This is week 22 of a 22-week training plan and it's been a phenomenal 22 weeks. Um, Tough, you know, a uh, few people have hit bumps on the roads, and uh, but we're, we're ready to go, uh, they've completed all the, the milestones and all the markers each month, so it's been a tremendous year, how it went so quick I never know, mm-hmm. every year it's just amazing, but we're nearly there, we're really looking forward to it, uh, enthusiasm is good, uh, the hunger now is there with everyone. Um, we're in the tapering phase of the, the training plan which means everyone is, uh, has reduced the miles now this week and uh, nutritionally we'll be going on a, a nice uh, more carbohydrate for the next few days And so it's really good I'm really looking forward to it uh, we have great representatives again this year on the late lunch as we do every year um, Denise, Karen, and Mandy and I know you're going to be catching up with them then but they've, they've given me all the, all the, all they could give Jerry. they've trained really really hard and they really deserve to hit that magic carpet on the 28th. And uh, this is what they've trained for all year. And they deserve that medal.
3: We have three and I'm going to talk to them. They're here standing by waiting to have a chat with us. How many altogether? I see a shirt printed in there with... What? oh he has it on him I saw it inside look he's even wearing it now yes. One one eight on the shirt
0: yeah uh, fantastic number again they show you actually have 118 uh, running for team carrying the 2018 Dublin Marathon it's phenomenal I want to take this opportunity to wish the rest of the team I know we have three representatives in late lunch but we have another 115 runners so I do want to take the opportunity to wish them the best of luck and in a tapering face and anyone out there that's listening in that's running uh, the 2018 Dublin, Dublin Marathon um, keep things simple now in the next few days. Don't be worrying about it. You've done all the training. You're going to be great. You're going to be huge. You're going to smash it. It's going to be fantastic. Denise Hughes, <laughs> eating buns, drinking tea, is this what tapering is all about?
9: It is. It's the magic key to it all. The coffee, the tea and the little tea cakes. Yeah, you've got to fuel up for the big day and I take tapering very serious, Jerry. I love every bit of it. The slow miles, the few miles and relaxing and yeah, carving up, best part of the marathon. You're
3: all set to go, the excitement, you can feel it here this evening, just days away from this start line. And for you this year, this is extra special, isn't it?
9: It is, Jerry. I'm really looking forward to uh, getting out there and 26 miles. It's not easy, but and how can you say you're looking forward to 26 miles, but I really and truly am looking forward. Really, yeah I can't just wait to get out there get started and it's just a goal to get to the start line mm. and then to get to that finish line and get that medal and I really want that medal this year I couldn't do it last year and this year I just I, David said we put the miles in so what I, a
3: difference 12 months makes because uh, just remind listeners again this time last year you faced a battle of another kind
9: I did Yeah, actually, this time last year I was in the middle of my chemo I hadn't started my radium and uh Yeah, I'm only 10 months out of uh, treatment, and some people think, you're mad, why would you do a marathon after going through chemo and radium, and believe me, running's easier. And uh, I just, I had to go back to running, I really did, I didn't actually think I'd get this far, but when I started back running, like I started back from scratch, and just running made sense. It was the only thing that I could... That made me feel like me after being through so much. You, you lose yourself with cancer and you lose a little bit part of you, and it, like it robbed you. And it's hard to, when you finish all the treatment and hospital appointments. It's a limbo land. And the only thing that made sense was when I put the runners back on and got out the door. And, and then when I got the five mile in, the ten, and I never thought I'd actually get to Marathon. But I, I felt so good after each race. And I was like, why not? Why Give it a go. And I'll get, I know I'll get to the finishing line, and that's my goal, just to get to the finish line.
3: Of course you will. I'm inspired standing here listening to you, as our listeners are today, I'm sure. When you look at the milestones you made through the year and the training you put in,
9: was it straightforward? You had no injuries, no stops, no holding back mm, at all? Not at all. No, as I said, I started running for, and a mile, to get to mile one, to be able to run a mile without stopping. You're really starting from scratch. But I took it slow, I wasn't try, I tried. well at the beginning I was trying to be who I used to be running but that wasn't working out so I just scrapped back to the start and started running two mile, three mile and just taking it handy, I mean they became easy, I started doing it up in the miles a bit but injuries, it's just like the aches and pains every runner would get but thank God nothing serious happened along the way.
3: Denise, you're just a star, and I'm looking forward to being with you yeah. on Sunday at the marathon as well, and to meet you. I want to meet you at yeah, that oh, finish you're going line. you're to meet me. You're I meet certainly me. <laughs> am. Well done I to can't you, wait. and thanks Thank indeed you. again for all the uh, time you've given us during the year. Nice, Thank it was you a very much. Thank pleasure. you very much. Kieran Brennan is standing by here. I He's very- in the gear. Are you planning to do anything this evening? Or-
10: oh, I'd probably do. I'd probably do a few miles just. But as you say, we're, we're in happy, happy. Just say. Uh, very tapered down at this age, Sherry in no way all the long runs are done uh, and whatever and so I suppose looking forward to the last big long run of the year uh, and, and uh, the magic carpet and, and bringing home Countess Markovic at the end which is which is very important you know.
3: Which is so important <laughs> to you and again tell us the story about you yeah, and this year's I reckon, medal. Uh,
10: I was one of the, uh, part of a team that came up with the proposal uh, that was taken on by Dublin Marathon to uh, for the medal this year which was to put Countess Markovic on it to mark the 100th anniversary of uh, of women getting the vote and Whatever, so so it means something that like you know they're the small partner, Jerry. So looking forward to as I say to, to, to getting that medal, and so hopefully everything will go well in the day. But I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to it, looking forward to getting onto the magic carpet, as I say, <laughs> yeah. you know. So that's it. Yeah.
3: Straightforward for you the year as well, no hitches, no
10: glitches. Well, I think last time we talked, uh, I said you'd put the heck you'd put the hex in me. I, I haven't picked up any any injuries such, but I got a very bad cold and I missed the missed the half marathon. I got a, a skin infection as well and whatever. So I had a get treatment for that and and, and, a a, a bit of medicinal treatment and so on but like you know got over that that was the only hiccup really I had you know it it set me back probably a a week or so but look at the training is is tailored that you can make up the time and whatever and luckily it was back then at the the half marathon rather rather, rather than the full marathon so Looking looking forward to it. Uh looking forward to, to the to the big day. Uh, there's always a great buzz about Dublin and about the Marathon and about all those, you know, twenty thousand people out and our own team here, the one hundred and eighteen and whatever. Look at it, uh, we we train together, we're gonna run together, we're gonna finish together and that's that's the important thing.
3: How many marathons for you?
10: This will be my fourth Marathon overall. Uh third Dublin Marathon and fourth fourth marathon overall. So uh so Uh, look at uh, I know I know what's involved so I'm looking forward to maybe running a bit better this time than I did than I did previously you know not making the same mistakes and just getting out there and finishing well The
3: family will they be there
10: which are they going up on the day what's the plans Well they're threatening to come up anyway (laughs) you know so uh, Don't
3: threaten do it
10: (laughs) No they did I've got to say it's great I saw them last year Uh, it's great it is fantastic when you see your own family there cheering you on and uh, wishing you all the best, and that—that's part and parcel of the, the Dublin marathon support. You know, there's lots of people out there, there's lots of team carry people on the sidelines as well. Uh, so it's great when you've got a family and you've got you've got the you've got the, the team behind you and whatever, just just to cheer you on. When you see them that moment in the race, it, you know maybe you're feeling a bit though you're on 16 or 17 miles and you're kind of going God can I do this and then you know you, you see them there in the distance and they're waving you on and cheering you on and you just go okay I'll, I'll do it I'll do it for them you know. <laughs> do it for them is right yeah. Karen, and I'll see you I'll in uh, Stevens yeah. Green in a few There's days time Look, looking forward to Terry looking Great forward stuff.
3: to finally Mandy Hatch standing by patiently here beside me you did it last year but the year before was a no no for you
11: um, yeah, the year before, Jerry, I was training for the marathon and halfway through I found out I was pregnant. So I just did the half and I went up to support on the day. But after seeing the day and the way it is, I said I have to do it the next year, so I did it last year.
3: How many times will this be that you've done Dublin?
11: This is my second Dublin.
3: Fantastic, and really looking forward to it.
11: I can't wait, Jerry. <laughs> I cannot wait, yeah. I'm just buzzing for it. It's just, uh, you know, hasn't been a straight sailing for me, but I'm back and I'm feeling good and can't wait. You are
3: one of the three who in particular hit a rocky road, may I say, with injury this year.
11: The Fingal 10K, I picked up a stress fracture, yeah, and uh, I was in a booth for five weeks, But I managed to come back and I'm running good. (laughs) I'm running probably better than I did before. (laughs) (laughs) It just shows you patience.
3: And I remember David saying to me he felt you'd be okay as well uh, with TLC and just managing it properly. So you're stronger, fitter, faster than
8: ever.
11: Well, yeah, well, I don't know, but I'm doing okay, yeah. I don't want to jinx myself, but the training went well after it and I got up to 22 miles, so I'm happy enough with that. Mm. And yeah. that's
3: just on the cusp of the 26, you're not far off it. And that you did it last year must stand to you as well.
11: Oh, definitely. Well, yeah, you, you know like um, you know, you can do it, I think, if you did one once. You know, you have that in your head that you're capable of doing it again. And it's a lot of, you know, a lot of it's in your mind, you know, your head plays games with you when you're going through it. Mm. Well, you have to just be strong and know you can do
3: it. They say when you do one marathon, you've completed something very special in your life. But has it always been your ambition to reinforce that in Dublin, especially, and do a second one there?
11: Oh, yeah. When I did Dublin last year, as soon as I finished, I said, I'm doing it next year. And I'll do it next year again if I can. (laughs) Oh, my God.
3: She's ahead of herself already. She's looking to 2019. This team carry all the people involved, David and ailing at the head there and the camaraderie that happens here every week. It's something really special, isn't it?
11: Oh god, yeah. Team carries like a family like I've some of the best friends now out we like we're always together. I probably have as much pictures of them on my phone as I have of my children, so (laughs) it goes to show (laughs) yeah. They are your children. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. It's a great group Mm. and it's great to be part of yeah it sure is
3: anyway all set for Sunday revving raring to go and uh, we'll see you as well when you finish those 26 Miles plus.
11: Oh, you'll see me and hear me, Jerry, <laughs> Coming over that line, definitely.
3: <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, good luck to you and well done during the year. You've had a, a lot to overcome with the injury, but here you are on the cusp of Dublin Marathon number two. Thanks, Mandy. Thank you very much, Jerry. David, just back to you for the final word. Marathon week, it is Sunday, and uh, here you go again. Year
0: number... Year, this is year number nine, and uh, next year it'll be year 10, and it will be a final year. Uh, we've done 10 years, and uh, we'll be taking a break then. Only, only 1% of the world's population get to do a Marathon Jerry, so it's a very, very unique and rare thing. And um, they're raising funds for charity, this team as well, uh, particularly the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre in, in Drauda, and many other charities as well, so that that, that helps his motivation. Uh, really looking forward I know the support uh, the, the late lunch marathon runners has been fantastic Mandy's got uh, great support from her husband Justin and our seven sons uh, Denise's husband Martin uh, is actually running the marathon himself this year so we want to wish him the best of luck and Denise's family and kids will be all there and Denise's sister Catherine is running and uh, Karen's wife Claire has run with Team Carry before and has done the marathon uh, so I mean that's the, and, and, and his kids as well, you know what I mean, great supporters of the family and their mums and their dads, and that's what they need at this stage, you know. We've only a few days to go before the marathon. We're hoping for a good day, and we're all looking to see you, Jerry Kelly, on the magic carpet, the 28th of October, 2018, with our precious medals that we deserve.
3: I will be there with you. I've been with you all the way from the start, and I'll be with you all the way... Till you've just given us a a, a news story here That next year will be the final year of Team Carry Year 10 And we'll be with you on LMFM Radio and Late Lunch again Good luck to everybody And especially our three marathon runners Who have been talking to all year Mandy Hatch, Kieran Brennan and Denise Hughes To you David and all the crew The very best I'll be with you on Sunday And I'm really looking forward to it Thanks a million
0: Thanks Gerry and we'll see you then
3: Yes, I'll be there. I will. I'll be at the start and the finish with them on Sunday and we'll bring it to you here on Late Lunch next Tuesday after the bank holiday. Do share your photographs of your children in their Halloween costumes with us on LMFM Radio. Yes, our Facebook page. Uh, Share them with us there, LMFM, and we'll show the world your children and the wonderful outfits. Naomi from Dundalk, haven't you? A cracking outfit. I'm just looking at it here. It's brilliant. Serial Killer, C-E-R-E-A-L and the cereal boxes involved in the outfit as well. I love it. That's uh, Kelly O'Brien, her mum sent that one to us. So share them with us and we'll share them with the world. We love to see your Halloween outfits here on LMFM Radio. Anyway, that's almost our lot on the show again for this week. A big, big thank you to all our guests who joined us Monday to Friday, to our regulars who contributed the show uh, each month through the year. Thanks a million to those, and especially to you, our listeners, who join us every day from half one to half past three. Thank you so much for your company each afternoon. And do remember, if you have a story or a guest, get in touch with us. We want to hear from you, and we'll bring it to the airwaves here, I promise you. Late lunch at lmfm.ie is the email address, or info at lmfm.ie gets us as well so if you have someone that you think might make a good guest for the show or you have a story always get in touch with us on the number eighteen fifty seven one five nine five eight if you want to call in heading into the bank holiday weekend weather looking good but cool I'm heading to the marathon as you heard there on Sunday and again I want to say good luck to everybody who's running the marathon all the team carry members 118 of them what a turnout it is again this year are featured runners and all the other runners from the north east and beyond who are heading to Dublin for this huge event on Sunday. It's extra special. Good luck to you. Enjoy. If you're doing your first or your tenth, I'm sure it's going to be very special to you, and your family and friends will be there willing you on as well. Have a lovely, safe weekend. Take care of yourselves, and a big thank you again to my producers, Louise Walsh and Sinead Braslow, who helped me put this show together every day. Thanks a million, ladies. Couldn't do it without you. But for myself, Jerry Kelly, have a safe and a happy bank holiday, and do come back and join us for a brand new week of late lunch from Tuesday at half one. See you then.
2: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drahada, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie Hi, I'm
4: Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.